welcome back to another episode of the Hip Hop Social Worker Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Scott, and I'm just getting over a cold, so I still might sound a little congested, but I always kind of sound a little congested, so nothing new to y'all if you listen. Um, this week, I wanted to tackle something uh, that's kind of revolutionary, still kind of taboo. I feel like I still see like uh, social work, the industry, like dancing around it, but uh is here now, so might as well address it. And that's a CBD, you know, and the overall kind of gentrification of the weed industry. Um, first, I want to talk about CBD. Um, CBD, I re- I'm really, it's like, is really something that's kind of came out of, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> left field, um, you know, for lack of a better term. Uh, I never heard of CBD until, you know, uh, the legalization of marijuana, you know, here in Oregon. Then I started seeing all these products, um, you know, pop up, you know, CBD. Now you see, like, CBD in stores, CBD, well, like, in a regular store, not, like, in a dispensary, but, like, in a regular store, you might go somewhere to say, oh, we sell CBD. I went to a vegan restaurant, and you could you could add CBD into your smoothie, um, things like that, you know. And a CBD is basically, it's, it's a part of marijuana that, 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 that doesn't alter the mind, like THC. So... It actually has, um, you know, some might say has like the better um, medicinal uses than than marijuana with THC in it, you know. And um, how that fits in, you know, with mental health and social work is that, you know, there's studies that show that CBD is now, um, you know, it is something that could cure anxiety, not cure it, but like help with anxiety, um, sleep, um, depression. And things like that, that that kind of, uh, you know, alters your mood, you know, Um, especially like if you're a person who's like, you know, who has social anxiety and you're not really, you know, keen on taking a whole lot of meds, you know, like you don't want to be taking five different kind of meds in the morning, you know, um, you could probably get a CBD oil and put it in your drink, you know, or take some CBD gummies, you know, pop those and go out and have a have a good time without tripping too hard like if you like if you smoke something with a lot of THC in it, you know, cuz that could that sometimes I feel like that um you know, like depending on how your body reacts, if you have a lot of THC in in your marijuana you're smoking, you probably will, you know, instead of like having less anxiety, you might have more anxiety, you know. I mean, that's just kind of the way that goes. So, but uh, yeah, I've been seeing it everywhere. And I feel like, you know, um, I feel like it's time for, you know, for social workers to really, you know, like, like I just feel like some of us embrace it. You know, there's a few people that I follow on uh, Instagram that, you know, that embrace it. But as far as, like, as a whole movement, you know, I feel like it's kind of like, you know, it's still kind of taboo. You know, I feel like we, we, we're still kind of like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't, you know, like, I feel like there's like kind of like, hey, if you use it, cool. But if you don't. Right, but if you do, don't let me know because, you know, we still have, like, these um, old-school rules to our industry that, you know, that we're actually an industry that's supposed to be, like, revolutionary and forever-changing. But, you know, I just feel like I haven't seen a lot of that, you know, with the CBD and the, and the medical marijuana, you know. But, uh, you know, I feel like um, anything that has benefits, you know, to our mood, to our anxiety, you know, cuz um I feel cuz I, I feel like we should we should be open to you know to trying them, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm sure a, a psychiatrist doesn't have any problem um you know handing out meds that have, you know, hardcore drugs in them, you know, like methamphetamines and things like that. I mean, I remember when I was working the juvie, 
I used to have to lock up meds because they had, you know, um, uh, you know, they had uh, controlled substances in them. So, like, so I feel like if 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 we already if we already there, we might as well embrace it. You know, so like we, we might as well embrace it. Um, I looked at some side effects of CBD, you know, and um, I didn't see anything that was, you know, I didn't see anything that might not be in Tylenol or Vicodin. You know what I'm saying? Or um, what's the popular one I used to give out in the juvie? Uh, amphetamine salts, you know, like uh, changes in appetite, changes in mood, diarrhea, dizziness, drowsiness, dry mouth, nausea, vomiting, low low blood pressure, you know? So, yeah, I just feel like if there's something that, if there's something that can help people's mood, you know, and it's not like a mind-altering thing, you know, because, you know, like I said earlier, the, the you know, like the CBD isn't the, isn't the part of the of, of marijuana that you know that you, that makes you trip. It, it actually makes you kind of just chill out, you know, get into a a mood where you could probably you know vibe and you can go and be social and you don't have to you know feel like um, you know like your skin's gonna crawl crawl off and you know have you you know how people have anxiety and they just you know they get tight and they don't want to be places and they just kind of get you know a little standoffish this could help with that you know and it's not you know and it's not um it's not super hard you know it's it's, it's, it's not involved with super hard drugs you know like because you don't have to use it in a flower form you know what i'm saying like you, you don't have to smoke a cbd blunt you can eat cbd gummies you can drink a cbd drink you can, um, you know, just use the oil, you know what I'm saying, put it in your water, and you can be good as good as gold, you know what I'm saying? But I just don't see, you know, like, I, don't, I feel like as a social work industry, you know, we should be figuring out ways to incorporate this, you know, instead of being so silent, you know. Now, maybe I'm not seeing the right things, you know. Maybe, I, maybe I'm, maybe uh, i you know, missing, you know, the uh, information. You know, I don't have all the information in the world, you know, so... I can I can totally see that I could be missing the information, so I get that. But as far as what I can see and what I notice, you know, we're we're still a little taboo. And I think we need to kind of figure out, you know, well, we don't need to figure out. We need to go ahead and embrace it, you know, because I feel like this is this is the this is the new wave. You know, what I'm saying like I. Like uh, there's a lot of people who who have like anxiety and depression, and they take like seven different meds in the morning. And I know like that can be, it can be hard to track, you know. So if we uh, figured out a way, to, you know, to get, you know, maybe to work some CBD into some of these plans, it might be less work for for everyone, you know, because like the whole gateway drug and that, like, you know, I, I get that because I, I get it, you know, I have parents who are who are. You know, in recovery. So I could see if somebody who was in recovery, you know, what I'm saying, um, is like not kind of not like, no, nah, I don't really want to go that route because of, you know, my past and all that. Yeah, I, I see that. I, I understand that. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of other drugs out here that can give you the same. You can get addicted on just as just as quick, you know, so just as, you know, just as. You know, just as simple as you would think as, you know, how how the propaganda made it sound like with, you, you, you know, what we did. So so I feel like, you know, use everything with caution, you know what I'm saying? And, you, you know, like just because you get prescribed to it doesn't mean you have to take it. You know, use that, use everything with caution. But I feel like this is like something that we should incorporate, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, if, uh, you know, I've seen some, I've seen some incredible videos where like, you know, um, People were having seizures, and they take like CBD syrup, and they stop and they stop the seizure. Now, granted, you know, what I'm saying I'm not a person that believes everything I watch on the internet. You know, everything that I, you know, so 
but if that's true, then that's a pretty. I mean, that's that's pretty. That's you know that's that's pretty good. Um, you know, result. But but yeah, I don't I don't believe everything I watch. But I have seen like you know people who have advocated for you know CBD oils for even children, for animals. You know, saying for everybody, for elderly people. So. Yeah, I just feel like, uh, you know, uh, my social workers need to address it. You know, we need to see, you know, like, is is it is it just is it just a phenomenon or is it something that has, like, you know, it, it, it's something that's going to grow legs and become, like, you know, a super booming industry, you know. And if it becomes a super booming industry, we got to figure out a way to for it to be inclusive and diverse and everything else. And that's what I'm going to talk about on my next segment because I feel like with the with the um, booming of marijuana, you know what I'm saying, becoming illegal in Colorado, Oregon, um, Washington State, California now is legal to use recreational. I haven't seen a lot of uh, people of color being celebrated. You know, I know we got arrested a lot for, um, you know, for using weed and, you know, selling, you know, nickel bags and stuff like that. But, you know, I feel like as soon as the industry opened, you know what I'm saying, we, we didn't get any kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're still a little lagging behind. But uh, I'm going to address that in the next segment. Uh, so, yeah, um, if you know anything about CBD, you know, you can always hit my email. Um, I'm just now learning about it. And it, to me, it sounds like something that could be incorporated, uh, you know, if, like, used with caution, like anything else. But, uh, yeah, so let me know. Team. Oregon became a place where you could legally uh, use marijuana products uh, recreationally. We've always kind of had it. Um, we we always had it. Well, not always, but for a few years before that, we got the medical marijuana stuff, and it was still pretty much like a taboo thing. You had to go see a doctor. <clears throat> you had to go get like a um, a, a reason to use it. Um, you know, you had to go to like this little store that was really, you know, that was pretty much. Um, you know, uh, closed off from existence. You, to, you know, knock on the door, say a secret password to get in, or whatever. Right. So, when it became legal in 2014, um, it joined Colorado and Washington as states that you could legally um, use marijuana recreationally. And let me uh, tell you some other states. Let's see: Washington, Oregon, California, Alaska, Nevada, Colorado, Michigan. What state is this? Vermont, Vermont, Massachusetts, Maine, and right now that is it. There's a there's a there's a number of states that have decriminalized uh, marijuana use. There's a number of states that have you know medical facilities, but as far as like recreational use, oh, and it looks like the District of Columbia, not not Columbia, uh, District of Columbia, I think so. Yes, fully legal. So. Um, so yeah, so and, you know, of course, with all that comes, you got people who are skeptics. You got people who you know don't really don't understand what's going on. You got people who um, have the the uh, old way of thinking, kind of like you know the you know the marijuana's a gateway drug type deal. But what I started to notice was a shift in the narrative of marijuana use. Um, you know, I'm gonna take it back to when I was a kid. I was, I came up in primary, uh, I came up in about the end of the um, "Let's Say No to Drugs" campaign. You know, um, when I was when I was four, I believe um, Reagan was out of office and Bush came to office. So 
but you know drugs were still looked at as you know people that use drugs were hippie burnouts and people of color in the ghetto you know but now you know uh since it became fully legal and fully you know anybody can get in the business without having like a, a kind of medical tie to it the, i see the narrative start to shift you know i start seeing ads from marijuana um you know, it, it was like, instead of like it being like a, say no to weed ad, it was like a, mar- a marijuana ad where you have like these four white people in a, in a big lavish backyard and they're just enjoying marijuana after a, a heavy day of work. And I was like, all right, well, I mean, okay, whatever. I, I'm not too skeptical, but I'm, I'm noticing like, okay, this is just different, you know. Then... um I'm reading this magazine about, like, you know, the people to know him in the marijuana business. And I flip through the magazine, flip through the magazine, and all of a sudden I come to a page and I see that there's a Department of Diversity, Inclusion, and Equity already. And I'm thinking, like, already? Like, this is a brand new industry. Like, how the fuck are we having, are we having, um, you know, these problems already? This is a brand new industry. And then I start thinking, oh, okay. This is how systematic racism works, you know. Once um, a, something gets included into the system of systematic racism, like you know, like just banking, um, all the legal stuff, you know, real estate, all that stuff that kind of had these barriers for us, you're going to get the same result. You know, you're, you're going to get it's going to get a lot of people of color not being included in 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 the game, you know. Um, and that's what I started seeing, you know, like, um, and I still see it, you know, um, I watch CNN and CNN have like, you know, these specials about, um, uh, you know, um, marijuana business and how it's booming and everything else. And I see about, I, I seen one black couple that own like their own business of making like chocolate, chocolate stuff like that, you know, but then I seen like 10 cup or 10 people who are who are getting praised for you know being these smart business women, smart you know businessmen, you know they called this one young lady um, the Steve Jobs of weed. I was like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Like I was like, it's like almost overnight, you know, like they they switched the tune on marijuana. Now it's now it's now it's all good, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's out here making money, you know, everybody's out here doing their thing. And I applauded. I I ain't mad at. I'm not hating. But I said, but but for the people that you criminalize for 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 centuries, you know, what I'm saying well not for centuries, but for decades, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, back in the, you know 1930s when and they had the what was that? Um, what the hell was that movie called? Um, I can't remember what it was called, but it was basically a weed propaganda, and it showed you kind of like you know you smoke weed and you become like this crazy person, and then like they said like weed was, you know, was for a um, black people and jazz musicians that made you lazy and made you do all this stuff and you know it was just trying to scare people from smoking weed and that's that's been a uh, that's been happening for forever you know I feel like the people of color I've always been to blame for when it was bad and now you know when I when it's good you know now it's now the weed industry looks overwhelmingly white. You know, like it's every every there's the dispensary. There's more dispensaries in Portland than there are Starbucks, and that and I mean, and that's saying something. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and and most of them are owned by you know the dominant culture. You know, now I don't like I'm saying I don't have a problem with that, but I feel like you know when it was when it was bad. You know what I'm saying? It was us, but when it's good, now it's like oh yeah, you can smoke weed after at happy hour. You can do all these things and all this stuff now. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like, you know, that's just, 
it, to me, it's, it's messed up. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I feel like it shouldn't be that way. You know, like, I feel like uh, this has been the industry that's, that's literally brand new. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, we have seen... I mean, in Portland, I've seen dispensaries come out of nowhere. Now they have, like, actual, like, um, you know, like, designer marijuana-infused um, stores, you know what I'm saying? We're like, where you can go buy strictly just, you know, um, stuff like uh, chocolates and cream and stuff like that. And it's and it's not looking like it's any kind of diversity going on, you know what I'm saying? Now, there, there are, there are some... Uh, some efforts to improve that i have seen some you know some grants going around <clears throat> for people of color to apply for to get these grants you know thirty thousand here thirty thousand there you know but uh but as far as like the you know like the main thing is like man it's like i just feel i guess a slap in the face you know what i'm saying i call it the gentrification of wheat you know what i'm saying it's like you know when it was when it was bad, we was getting locked up for it, you know, for dime bag, nickel bags, whatever, you know what I'm saying? And then now it's legal, and I'm, I'm watching CNN, and I'm watching you know, these segments of, you know, I'm watching uh, our, our, our CNN in the, the Today Show, and I'm seeing segments like, you know, moms who use marijuana, and it's, all these, it's like these four white moms, and they're just trying to, you know, speak their case about why they should use marijuana and why it's good, and then I'm not saying it's not good or whatever. Whatever, I'm not saying that they don't have a point, but it's like, damn, it's like you just flip the script that quick, and it's and it, it offends me. You know, I'm not gonna lie, it offends me because there's a lot of. I mean, just just just. I grew up in like a drug infested area. You know, what I'm saying as a kid, you know, I just grew up and seeing these kind of these kind of things tear people apart. You know, what I'm saying when uh, you know, what I'm saying when my partner was trying to make a an honest living selling whatever he was selling. You know, he, he he didn't get nobody to sit down and say, hey, you know, um, or just sit down and talk to him why he was doing it. He looked, he looked like as a criminal, you know, and now since the criminal aspect is taken out of it, they didn't, like, push the whiteness on it. And it's like, we got to we gotta knock that off. But, uh, you know, in case you don't believe me, there was a report that came out last year. It is from... The Marijuana Business Daily. They had women and minorities in the industry. Ten charts, all right? Now, women aren't as represented as males. You know, granted. But, uh, you know, there's... 36% is about the average in the cannabis industry. You know, that was in 2015. 2017, 26.9%. So, it went down. In 2016, it was 23%. You know, so... And then uh, percentage of executives of women in the cannabis industry, it hovers, it was, there's 42%, 35% are in the, are record retailers, 27% are in testing labs, 26% are in wholesale cultivators, 25.7% are in tech, 24.5% are in infused products like, you know, your creams and your lip balms and all that, 22% Are in looks this overall rec business, and then ten percent are in are investors. That's women, you know. And there's still some things right there that's that are very, you know. We all know that, you know, um, women and men have their own equity battle. You know, what I'm saying, but included in women and men are black women and men. So let me go down to the race. Excuse me, still getting over a cold. Still, let's see. All right, so. 
and a breakdown of marijuana business owners and founders by race. 81% are white. 6.7% are other. 5.7% are Hispanic Latino. 4.3% are African American. 2.4% is Asian. That's a huge disparity. You know, there was disparities with the women too. You know, but in race, I mean, 81% is white. You know, if somebody would have told you that, you know, when, you know, George Bush, the first George Bush and Ronald Reagan was doing they, you know, was doing their numbers and everything, you probably would have thought, what? You lying. You know what I'm saying? It's clearly that all the weed has been smoked in the ghetto. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like weed has always been and always will be loved by everybody. You know what I'm saying? Overwhelmingly white people. You know, so, yeah, so I just feel like, man, uh... I, we just need a fair shake You know what I'm saying Like like it, this was a perfect opportunity For it to happen But at the same time When everything else Has been set up To work in that in, With those kind of numbers You know what I'm saying we, we we all know that the wealth Is distributed differently So why So why wouldn't The numbers look like that You know But I just thought It was interesting that Like the first week Marijuana being legal In Oregon Is already a minority Diversity and Inclusion department It's like You didn't even try to you didn't even try. You just said, well, well, let's just make it, you know, diversity department and they can handle, you know, the people of color. We can handle the real money. You know, that's what I feels like to me. But anyway, that's enough of my rant. You know, it's just, I just, uh, I, I, I just don't, you know, I, I didn't like that. You know, I don't like now. I don't like, you know, seeing how we were used for the propaganda part. But, you know, for the, for the profit part, we're still... We, Years, decades behind, you know. But I will shout out that there was, um, you know, there was some Portland grant winners that won, you know, some. Uh, they they won some, or they applied for some grants and they got the grant. You know, what I'm saying there's a dispensary in Portland called Green Hop, which is, uh, you know, it's a hip hop dispensary. Um, you know, um, they. There was one of the first ones. They just got awarded another thirty thousand, you know, saying for the operations. So shout out to them. Um, but they're not the first black-owned dispensary in this in the city, but you know they're the first one to really get like some serious press, you know, some serious backing behind it. And then there's a, um, I didn't know about this, but there is a um, there's a company that there's a delivery company that um, you know that has that a one that a thirty thousand grant too, and. Um, $30,000 grant too And it's called The Green Box You know And they, I guess they deliver You know And um, and this is, was brought by The New Leaf Project Grant You know And it's basically uh, uh, The New Leaf Project Is for minority business Marijuana owners You know what I'm saying Trying to get some extra funding To get into the game You know Because a lot of people Don't uh, don't look like us in the game, you know. You know, when we get locked up, they all look like us, but they don't look like us anymore. So we're trying to figure out a way that you know that we can really get into this game and really we can make some noise. You know, what I'm saying I'm not I'm not here. You know, saying um, I'm not here trying to get people to feel sorry for us or anything like that. People just want their fresh shake, you know, and we're willing to work for it. <clears throat> we're willing to do whatever it takes, but. I just I just had to I just had to address it. You know, what I'm saying the the gentrification of weed. Actually, um, on this week's episode on the Van Lathan podcast, um, they were talking about the same thing, but I don't listen to it because like I'm not, I, because I had this, I had this idea to, uh, 
you know, you're going to do this last week. And when I heard him and Al Harrington talking about it, I was like, oh, let, let me chill. You know what I'm saying? I don't want them, you know, I don't want to, I, I, this, that, that's kind of my process. I like to kind of be a little original. I don't really like people to influence what I got to say. So I haven't listened to that episode yet. So, um, I will after I record this, but yeah. So if, if y'all, the people that I shouted out are the states that I shouted out, um, Let's see what states was those. I'm going to go back. Um, Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, Alaska, Colorado, Michigan, Vermont, Maine, Massachusetts, the District of Columbia. If you notice the same disparities that I notice, or if you think I'm just, you know, I'm just reading you some fudged up stats and you think, you know, you want me to go to, you know, go get my facts straight. Then you know, let me know. But I, but I just see that there was a dis, there's disparities already, you know. So, but I, I don't know everything. I you know I could be reading some some uh, what do you call that uh, bias information. I don't think I am, but but yeah, I just think this is a, this is the issue that we can fix. You know, what I'm saying this is a new industry, and we can and we and we can get some things right. You know, so. Uh, I'm coming back uh, with the diagnosis of the week, um, with the theme of this episode. If you really know your DSM five, you probably can guess which which uh, which diagnosis is coming up. So um, yeah, appreciate it and uh, appreciate you listening to my rant. You know, I, I I just really don't I don't like the fact that we you know that people of color were used for the criminalization and then for legalization. We're praising all these young twenty seven white. You know, people who, granted, they working hard, they getting their shit off, but, you know, for CNN and all these news people to kind of be so tone deaf, you know, I just don't like it. And and if you got plug on CNN, plug on NBC, let them know that, you know, I got some, I got some things to say about it. All right, peace. All right, so now it's time for the diagnosis of the week, and if you can guess what it is... Uh, you guessed it. It is cannabis use disorder. Uh, I'm not just going to read two. I'm going to read cannabis use disorder and cannabis withdrawal. You know, I'm not going to read cannabis intoxication because I figured you kind of already know what that's about. But, um, so, but some people might be in denial. Like, hey, I, I smoke weed, uh, you know, every so often. I'm not really addicted to it. Um, you know, this is just... You know, I'm trying to, you know, balance the episode out. Um, let people know that, yeah, it's legal and, you know, there are some medical, um, there are some medical benefits. And it's not as, you know, it might not seem as harmful as other drugs, but just like anything else, the wrong, um, you know, the wrong use, the, you know, the, the overuse, the, the denial, the, that those can be those can be problems. So, um, yes, yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and read the diagnostic the diagnostic criteria for cannabis use disorder. A problematic pattern of cannabis use leading to clinical significant impairment or distress, as manifested by at least two of the following occurring occurring within a 12 month period. Cannabis is often taken in larger amounts over a longer period than it was intended. There is persistent desire of unsuccessful efforts to cut down or control cannabis use. A great deal of time is spent in activities necessary to obtain cannabis, use cannabis, or recover from its effects. Craving or strong desire or urge to use cannabis. Recurrent cannabis use resulting in a failure of fulfill major role obligations at work, school, or at home. Continue cannabis use despite 
despite having a persistence of reoccurring social and interpersonal problems caused by exacerbated by the effects of cannabis, caused or exacerbated by or extubated by the effects of cannabis. Important social, occupational, or recreational activities are given up or re- reduced because of cannabis use. Ooh, that was wrong. That rhymed. Recurrent cannabis use in the situations in, in which is physically hazardous. Cannabis use is continued despite knowledge of having persistent or recurring physical or psychological problems that is likely to have been caused or extirbated by cannabis. Hopefully I'm saying that word right. Tolerance as defined by either the following. A need for markedly increased amounts of cannabis to achieve intoxication or desired effect. Markedly diminished effect with continued use of the same amount of cannabis. Withdrawal as manifested by either of the following. The characteristic withdrawal syndrome for cannabis refer to criteria A, B of the criteria of the cannabis withdrawal. Page 517 to 518. Cannabis or closely related substances is taken to relieve or avoid withdrawal system symptoms. Alright, so let's see, let's go to cannabis withdrawal. Alright, right, here we are. Cannabis withdrawal. A cessation of cannabis use that has been heavy or prolonged, i.e. usually daily or almost daily over a period of of at least a few months. Three or more of the following signs of symptoms develop within approximately one week from criteria A. Irritability, anger, or aggression. Nervousness or anxiety. Sleep difficulty, i.g. insomnia, disturbing dreams. Decreased appetite or weight loss. Relentless, depressed mood, at least one of the following physical symptoms causing significant discomfort, abdominal pain, shakiness, tremors, sweating, fevers, chills, or headaches. The signs or symptoms in criteria B cause clinical significant distress or impairment in social, occupational, and other important areas of functioning. The signs of symptoms or symptoms are not attributable to a, another medical condition and are not better explained by another med- mental disorder, including intoxication or withdrawals from another substance. All right, so if those sound familiar... You know, um, if you if if you're dealing with any of those criteria that I have uh, addressed, you might want to reach out to someone. You might want to talk to someone about uh, your use of marijuana because it might be you might be tipping the scale to the um, unhealthy side of of using marijuana. But um, you know, I, I get you know uh, the hesitation of people to approach the, the you know marijuana. I know, like I said earlier, my parents are in recovery. And I, I remember I went to a meeting with my with my dad a few years back, and one of his pals was saying how it was scary that weed was being everywhere, you know, because some people started with weed and they turned into you know harder drugs. I'm, I'm not saying that's always the case, but some for some for some, yes, it is the case. So I get that, you know, and I want I want to be careful, you know, what I'm saying and not trying to, you know, I'm not I'm not here preaching to use marijuana or preaching, you know, anything like that. I'm just really. You know, I see new ways of people getting treatment that needs to be talked about, you know. And I see um, a social injustice, in my opinion, you know, the fact that 
that you know that people of color were used for the criminalization of marijuana and left out in the legalization of marijuana. You know, um, social work isn't just about mental health disorders and being a therapist and all these things, but it's also about social um, it's also about social justice, you know. Um, it's uh, you know speaking on inequalities, you know, trying to get equity, trying to do all these, uh, you know, tr- trying to make things right. And and if you ask me, I mean, looking at how marijuana was presented when it was bad, and how it's presented when, while while it's quote unquote good, that's a problem. You know, that is a that's a social justice that's a social justice problem. That's an equity problem. You know, and as a social worker, you got to address those things. You know, that's just that's just that's just how I see it. But uh, you know, so yeah, um I appreciate y'all listening again. Um if any of social workers wanna come on this show and uh, you know, go back and forth with this topic, you know, maybe expand my knowledge on some things and I'll you know, the it's an open invitation, just hit me on the email. Uh that's hip hop social worker at gmail dot com. If you want more contact information, information about Anything from services, my bio, uh, merchandise. I got merchandise selling T-shirts and some hoodies and things like that. You can go to hiphopsocialworker.com for that. Um, yeah, and I want to shout out to my man, uh, Phil, out in Philly. Um, you know, I was a guest on his podcast called uh, You Good, Man. Um, you know, um, it was a good experience. You know what I'm saying? Uh, very knowledgeable brother. Uh, I appreciate him sharing this platform. Uh, he does also do um, a, um, a group called You Good, Man, at a local coffee shop in Philly. And hopefully one day I can come out there and, you know, join one of them uh, group discussions. They look powerful. You know, but shout out to him, you know, for uh, just for building, you know, since black men and social work, uh, I feel like um, I see a lot of us out here trying to build with each other. And when he, uh, you know, approached a lot of us with the opportunity to share his platform, I was I was I, I couldn't wait. So, you know, I appreciate you, Phil, you know, what I'm saying and hopefully uh, everything's doing good out that way. But yeah, it's on SoundCloud. It's on Apple. Uh, it's on Apple Podcasts. I'm sure it's probably on Spotify. Uh, just probably just go to the search bar and type in "You Good Man" and uh, it should pop up. But uh, yeah, so I appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, like like I said again, uh, for more information uh, about me, uh, you can go to hiphopsocialworker.com. And yes, another good episode. Uh, well, I don't know if it's good. It's all right. I feel like I, you know, I. I like talking about, you know, like social social injustices and, you know, different patterns I I observe. I like to see if people observe the same things or if they, they observe something different. You know, that's that's a that's a, a possibility too. So yeah, if you want to uh, get in contact with me, hiphopsocialworker.com should have all the info you need. All right, y'all have a good week. Peace. <laughs>